Is the Air Force One the sneaker of Halloween? We'll discuss this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, sneaker fam? Welcome back to another episode of Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast. As always, I am your host, Matty Ice. It is a wonderful week here in October. We are finally into the fall weather. Halloween is right around the corner, and that means that a lot of adults and kids alike are looking forward to dressing up, going trick-or-treating, going to house parties, whatever it is that you do on Halloween. I asked at the beginning of the show, is the Air Force One the sneaker of Halloween? And we're not going to answer that question definitively today. But what I want to do is talk about the history of Halloween and sneaker releases, because it is interesting that Halloween is probably one of the most rife in terms of collaborations, in terms of colorways and releases. And the history of sneakers and Halloween goes even further back than I think a lot of people realize. So I wanted to get into it. The other thing that's interesting is the fact that the Air Force One is really one of the most associated sneaker silhouettes with Halloween releases. And we talked about the Air Force One a couple of weeks ago. 1998 was the first sneaker release that saw any type of at least Halloween related design elements to it. And it was the Jewel Swoosh. Do you all remember that? We don't see that too, too often anymore. We do see it on some Air Force Ones. We do see it on some Jordan Ones. But for the most part, the Jewel Swoosh is pretty much a thing of the past, a relic of the past. And whenever we do see it on releases, a lot of times what I see it anyway is a lot of hate toward it, that it's not cool. I don't know. It's a little bit too hokey. But back in the day in 1998, Nike decided to put what seemed like a Halloween inspiration on an Air Force One. But really, when you look at it, it was sort of a coincidence. I don't think that they were intending for it to be something that would catch fire. What we see nowadays is that sneaker designers, sneaker companies are trying to leverage off of every single holiday, every single theme to make sure that we, the consumer, are buying as many sneakers as possible. And so when you take a holiday like Halloween, we're going to saturate the market with it all the time, every single year. We do this with Christmas, and we do this with just about every other design of any sneaker that you see. Yeezys, Travis Scott's, you name it, across the board, we are saturating the market. But in 1998, the market was not like that. Sneaker culture was nowhere near what it is today. And 1998 was a long time ago. I was a very awkward 15-year-old in high school trying to figure out who I was. So sneakers really were not on my map at all in terms of who I was, my identity, and even as a culture in general. Now, even back in the day in high school, my parents were responsible for buying me the things that I wanted. Even though I had a job, I could not afford to just go out and buy sneakers whenever I wanted to. It's not the same as it is today where I have a job, I take care of my responsibilities and I have the ability to go out and buy some of the things that I want in life. I think we all kind of strive for that in life. When we're getting a job, when we're going to college, whatever it is that our life path dictates, we're trying to make sure that we take care of ourselves, both in terms of our bills and our responsibilities, but also in terms of things that we want. And sneakers are a part of that. But really, there was a a large gap between the next time we saw any type of Nike sneaker that resembled a Halloween colorway or had some design elements that maybe harkened back or reminded you of Halloween. And it wasn't until 2005. And again, it was another Air Force One. This time it was a premium Air Force One with patent leather on it. Patent leather is sparsely used today in sneakers. I know you see it a lot in the Jordan 11. Every so often we will see it on the Jordan 1 sometimes. I think about that bread release from a couple of years ago, that all patent leather one. Certainly not my thing, not in my wheelhouse. However, back in the day in 2005, which yes, that is back in the day, it's almost 20 years ago, patent leather was huge. Also during this time period, the Air Force One had really reached its peak. 
Despite the fact that it was released in 1982, it didn't catch fire. It took a long time for it to really gain some traction amongst popularity groups and just in general. And we saw that or heard about that in the Air Force One episode that I did a couple of weeks ago where we talked about the fact that it was really a brick coming out. It came out in 82, the Jordan 1 debuted two years later, the Nike Dunk debuted, and it really just never stood a chance. However, it did stand the test of time. And one of the reasons that it has stood the test of time is because rappers and other people like that of influence at the time were rapping about it, showing it in music videos. And the Air Force One was extremely popular to the point that it is now what Nike's second highest selling shoe of all time. And I'm talking about the low top white Air Force One, the general release, the one that I said that everybody has to have in their collection. Yet, ironically, I don't have one in mind. So they decided to put some Halloween elements on it in 2005. And because of the height and popularity of Air Force Ones at the time, it really took off. And this is the start of really when Nike specifically was trying to leverage off of the fact that the market was really wanting more and more of these. So what did they do? A year later at Halloween, they released another couple of Air Force Ones. They followed it up with another patent leather release. This time it was sort of split down the middle. I believe it was black and orange. And we've seen that with like the homage to home Jordan Ones where it's split down the middle of white and red. It's like the Chicago's and the Bread's all in one shoe. But we saw that back in 2006. And really, again, it just continued to flow. 2009 was really where we got the most unique Air Force One with a Halloween inspiration on it. And that was the Savage Beast. And really that kind of harkened back to some Nike SB Dunks, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it had fur all over the upper, fur on the midsole, and it really was supposed to be maybe not specifically Halloween, but coming out at Halloween in 2009, they really had found something there. Around that time as well, you had the Bark at the Moon, which was werewolf themed, very similar to the Savage Beast, but more specific to werewolves. And you also had the Frankenstein Air Force Ones, which was another patent leather, but with stitching and other nods to Frankenstein specifically, which is obviously very, very much associated with Halloween these days. Obviously, the novel is one thing, but we see Frankenstein all over the place. And you see that just in horror movies. You see that in old horror films, the monsters, you name it. And then there was really a lull period, much like the initial lull period from 1998 to 2005. We didn't see Nike put any Halloween inspiration on an Air Force One until 2018. And we've seen them kind of double down and triple down on this particular concept. And it's the Bones series or the Skeleton series. And what it is, is just a regular low top Air Force One, all leather with an X-ray skeleton of a foot on the outside of it. And while it's not my thing, I certainly understand how it is denoted or denotes Halloween. And they've, again, they've struck lightning with it. We have the white one. Now you have the black one. And I will say this, at least the skeleton x-ray on it makes the all black low top Air Force One a little bit more palatable. But I still think that the low top black Air Force One is one of the worst ideas in shoes. It's not my favorite. And it just, it really, really is awkward to me. And then they have orange and we're going to continue to see that, right? Nike is going to continue to double, triple down, quadruple down on these concepts because they're working and making them money. And then that is the history really of Halloween and the Air Force One. There is a lot of history to be made. But it's amazing that there's these large gaps. But why are there large gaps between all of these releases when they seem to have caught a concept that the public wants, that people are putting their money toward? And in my opinion, I believe it's because of the Nike SB Dunks. Mid-2000s, early 2000s. And remember, the Nike Dunk had a history where it was very similar to the Air Force One, trying to be a basketball shoe, trying to appeal to a certain crowd. With the Be True to Your School series, it was trying to appeal to college students that were repping their teams and repping their universities. It just never really caught on. And I think a lot of the reason for that is the fact that the Air Jordan 1 took off and changed sneakers forever. And we saw all the Jordan lines coming out. So people were really putting their money toward those. So Nike Dunks were sort of out there as seen as a forgotten silhouette. 
they were not nearly as hype as they are today. But one thing that changed the game was when skateboarders started to use them and find them at thrift stores and stuff like that. And then Nike SB became a thing to the point where now Nikes and skateboarding are synonymous with each other. And Nike Dunks and the Nike SB Dunks with the thick tongue and other types of technology, we see a lot of interesting designs on those now to the point where it has become a basically a blank slate for being able to design sneakers. But the SB Dunk specifically with its history of all of the original colorways, the interesting collaborations that we had, Think about the early days of the Nike SB line. Think about the mid 2000s where you had the Staple Pigeons, you had the Diamond Supply Tiffany's, the Red Lobsters, the Blue Lobsters, you name it. All across the board, there are interesting designs that have taken themes and put it on a shoe. And what we have seen, I think, in that time period is that Nike SB really took over. And there are a lot of shoes between 2009 and 2018, which is that gap between Air Force One releases, where Nike put out a lot of Halloween-themed SBs. And there's the Night of Mischiefs, there's the Mummies, there's anything related to Halloween, and we're talking about the Jason Voorhees. I think the one that really everybody points out or everybody always talks about are the Freddy Dunks. And what makes those interesting is that they're a sample that really never got released. Obviously, they had samples of them that people have. They're worth a lot of money, but we never saw a big time release with those. In the rep market specifically, what I generally tend to see is that the most hype shoes get made the most because people want those. They're the ones that have the least amount of accessibility and they're the most expensive on the resale market. So people are obviously trying to get those. And the rep market is a perfect place to go if that is your thing. And certain dunks of old lore, especially the ones that have been worn by rappers. I think about Travis Scott wearing the Newcastles, for instance. A lot of new heads in the sneaker game are not aware of those SB Dunks or the history behind them because they came out so long ago. And to be fair, a lot of new heads in sneakers probably weren't born when some of these came out. And I know that makes them 15, 16 years old, but that is really where a lot of sneaker culture resides today in high schools and middle schools. And the culture is just way different than it is for those of us in our late 30s or in our 30s and 40s who are sneaker heads who are collecting because we want to wear or maybe we're around for that history. It's just a different game to them. But one thing that high schoolers and middle schoolers want is things that are hype. And I think what generally tends to drive hype, as we talked about in an episode a few weeks ago, is how exclusive they are. And so the Freddie Dunks having never been made, of course they are exclusive, so people want to make them. Another exclusive dunk that I think of are the Coraline Dunk. Those were designed after the movie Coraline, which was about a canvas doll that was stitched up and everything. And they only made, I believe, a thousand of these. And what's interesting about that is they made these dunks to look almost exactly like Coraline and they resell for crazy amounts of money. They're very, very difficult to rep because they are so intricate, but I see those as Halloween. And there have been others too. Nike SB really filled in the gap in that time period, and I think Nike, again, leveraged off of it and doubled and tripled down on it to the point that we now see every single year there is a Halloween release from Nike in some form or fashion, whether it's Air Force Ones, it's a dunk every single year. But over that time period, we've seen other shoes come out, Nike or otherwise, that have been related to Halloween. I think about the foam posits, the Paranormans, those were really, really big. I'm talking about foam posits in the DC area throughout the mid 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s. They've kind of petered off a little bit, but I think the Paranormans are always the most talked about foam posits ever. I remember a complex sneaker shopping. I want to say it was Whoopi Goldberg who was there, and I believe she told Joe that she wanted a pair of those, and I think they looked at them. They're really, really interesting. They're really, really neat, and they 100% denote Halloween. 
Obviously, you have some Ghostbusters-themed shoes, and that really took off after the start of Stranger Things. Reebok really got into the game with that. A couple of releases, one of them in 2020. And Ghostbusters, again, is a movie that maybe isn't specifically about Halloween, but it has scary elements to it. It has ghosts and all that kind of stuff. And I think what that really does is, again, remind you of Halloween. It's a perfect backdrop for Halloween-inspired things. The Halloween pack from, I think it was like, I don't know, 2014, and that included the Air Max 95 Halloween, which was probably one of the most popular non-SB or Air Force One Halloween drops of all time for Nike. Just all the elements to it. There's a little bit of blood on it, a little bit of blood spatter on it. It's a really interesting sneaker. I've never seen one of those. It's so old at this point now. It's almost 10 years old. But again, this is when Nike started to do an annual release of Halloween sneakers. But I think that the sneakers to me that have the best or I guess most versatile uses that are 100% synonymous with Halloween, and that is the off-white blazers, specifically the Grim Reapers and the All Hallows Eve. Now I have to say, those are some fire shoes, and I think the old blazers are amazing. I think that the way that Virgil designed them for this specific collection was amazing, though very, very large swoosh, obviously. But I think what makes them so great is they are simple. The Grim Reapers are black and white, and that's it. You can change up the color of the laces, and the All Hallows Eve are a tan color with a little bit of orange. And again, they change the materials up. There's different types of materials. There's ripstop, there's leather, there's suede. They're just amazing. But I think the reason why they're so great is because you can wear them this time of year around Halloween because obviously they are inspired by those particular topics, but they're so versatile that you can use them any time of year. You can wear them everywhere. I actually wear them almost year round except for the summertime because the summertime I don't generally tend to wear high tops because it's just not my thing. I don't look good in shorts and high tops but they are just so versatile. Whereas the other shoes that I talked about, many of them are specific to a time period, and that is the month of October. And that's why I think the question becomes, is Halloween the best backdrop for sneaker releases? Obviously, Nike has found a vein here, and other companies have found a vein as well. But I think what makes it so challenging for me as a sneaker consumer is the fact that there is only one month of the year that I can wear them. If you really think about it, let's take the Night of Mischief Dunks that came out in 2019. The colors are amazing, black, purple, orange, there just is a lot of a lot of colors that pop in there and of course they're going to be popular but my question then becomes when do i wear them after october 31st can i wear them in november I certainly can't wear them in December, but I think what makes Halloween so unique is the fact that the topics of it and just the overall feel of it, I think it adds more to sneaker design than any other holiday. Now, you could say for Christmas there's the, the rival to it, but Nike really doesn't double down on Christmas the way that they used to. I think about those old dunks, the peppermints, the ugly sweaters, but we really haven't seen that many that are 100% specific to Christmas. Obviously, the Sean Cliver dunks from a couple years ago, there's two. I think there was the one originally from 2019 or 2020 and then one in 2021. Obviously, there are some nods to Christmas there with an ice theme and snowflakes and so forth. But if I wear them at Christmas or on Christmas, they are not Christmas colored and nobody would know. And I think that's what separates the Halloween colorways from all the other holidays is that you know. Obviously, the Strange Love Dunks were really inspired by Valentine's Day, but I don't think that you wear them and people say, oh, why are you wearing this today? It's not Valentine's Day. Obviously, you wear them on Valentine's Day, but I think they can be worn in other places, whereas I think Halloween is more specific to a time period. And I do want to see Nike kind of dive into the Christmas theme a little bit more because Christmas is my favorite holiday. But I think today what they have found is that the consumer wants Halloween products and they're going to put them out there. In 2021, what rivaled the sneaker of the year for me, which was at least the Ama Manier 3, I don't 
don't know how you feel about it. And your opinion obviously varies. It's subjective. But I think the runner up was the Mummy SB Dunk and the design of it was just impeccable. Looking like a mummy, the glow in the dark, the eyes in the back. It had all the elements of what makes a classic SB Dunk and also a greatly designed shoe and a great Halloween shoe. Just because it wasn't my favorite or I couldn't wear it all year round or even pull it off during Halloween doesn't mean that it's not a great design. And I just think that Halloween lends itself to a lot more inspiration. There's more things that you can design around that make sense at Halloween time. Whereas again, Christmas is very, very specific. Valentine's Day is very, very specific. And really Nike doesn't leverage in on other holidays. They don't make Thanksgiving shoes. They don't make Fourth of July shoes very often, things like that. I mean, you can put red, white, and blue on a shoe at any time of year and people are gonna buy it because it's just such a classic set of colors. It doesn't necessarily denote America or 4th of July or anything like that. And so I think that Halloween is the best, but I wanna know your opinion on this. If you've never gotten in touch with the show, Fire Footwear Pod on IG is the place to find me there. Send me a DM, let me know. Find me on Twitter, at Maddie Ice Freights is the handle on Twitter. And please go to MattyIceMedia.com to support the other podcasts that are on our network besides this one, like the Iceman and Coach Sports Show, the manual, political football. We're always looking to improve. We're always looking to make things better. And I appreciate everybody supporting. I also want to give a big shout out to everybody who has followed the show on Apple Podcasts and who has given the reviews. Even you out there who gave a one-star review. I appreciate you because that means that you took the time to at least engage with the show long enough to hate me. And that means that I'm doing something right if people are engaging with the show regardless. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that whatever your Halloween plans are, you are safe, you are happy, you're healthy. Take care of your kids, take care of yourself. And as always, I will talk to you next week. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.